0: Good morning, it is good to be here, you are stuck with me for the next four mornings and uh, this is called spiritual life, what is it, spiritual life, (laughs) anyway we're here (laughs) for a spiritual life uh, time together and growing in the Lord, just a little bit about myself Most of the time when I used to speak in chapel, most of the students knew who I was because I taught here. Taught here for how many years, huh? Years. Years. Okay, years. And uh, taught Christian education. And uh, I'm originally from Holton, Maine, but I have been uh, pastoring for all 38 years and uh, As Mr. Doherty said, I've been in Coldstream for the last 26 years. And it's, uh, I have a wife. We have a new addition to our family. As of Christmas, I bought my wife a new puppy. I've had a lot of wet socks. But uh, she, the Lord's her first love, the puppy has become her second love. And uh, I'm somewhere in the, I don't know where, but anyway. (laughs) We are blessed with five children, and I'm blessed to have 11 grandkids. And we have some kids, some of ours living in Colorado, some in Virginia, three right around this area. And uh, so, it's good to see you. I coached girls basketball here for nine years, too. And uh, that was back uh, a while ago, but uh, we, uh, we uh, had a lot of good times, a lot of good trips and things of that nature way back when. I'm just going to ask that you might take your Bibles. I want to read two passages of Scripture this morning. And as you're looking, this series, I was very pleased that you sang Matt Redmond's new song, I bought that CD for my wife for Christmas, and when I was coming over this morning, I pressed. Uh, I went from the satellite radio to the CD to see what she had in. She had that in, so I was listening to this when I was coming over. And it's uh, it's about worship, and our series for the four mornings are going to be on worship. And I trust that as we deal with this subject, that the Holy Spirit of God would speak to our hearts. And cause us to be drawn closer to him. I want to start off by reading scripture. Then we're going to have a word of prayer. And then we'll get into the word. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus 20. God spoke all these words saying. I am the Lord your God. Who brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any carved image, any likeness of anything that is in the heaven above, that's in the earth beneath, that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I am the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generations, those who hate me. But showing mercy to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. And then turn over to Deuteronomy Chapter six, please. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter six, verse four. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength. These words which I command you today shall be in your heart. Let's pray. Father, we acknowledge the presence of your Holy Spirit And we pray that you would help us to be very sensitive to the Word of God today. Help us realize that it's living, that it's powerful, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And that, God, that it can pierce our hearts. And may the Holy Spirit of God take the Word of God and develop within us a God-likeness We know that one day, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that you are the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, prepare our hearts over these next few mornings that we might grasp how we are to be bowing before you. Worshiping you in our hearts and in our lives. May we be moved by your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The title of this morning's message is Worship and Supremacy. Then, tomorrow morning, Worship in Spirit and in Truth. Then Thursday, worship and service. And then finally, worship and surrender. Very simple question. As I was putting this together, as I had been praying about what I was to say as we have these mornings together, I wrote down this question. I directed it towards myself. What is the number one love in my life? So I ask you, what is the number one love in your life? God, in the Ten Commandments, gave us some guidelines for living. The law was given to reveal our sin nature. But, as you look at the Ten Commandments, one of the things that become very evident is that the first four commandments has to deal with our relationship with God. Then, following that, the other six commandments has to deal in relation to our fellow man. But notice, the first and foremost thing is our relationship with with God. And then, if you follow in the New Testament, when Jesus was teaching, in Matthew chapter 22, and you came to these words, in Matthew 22, 37, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and great commandment And the second is like to it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. First commandment deals with the first four commandments. Jesus talks about the first and great commandment. Has to deal with loving the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might. The second aspect of that, love your neighbor as yourself, has to deal with the last six commandments. You'll find this all the way through Scripture. The direction is to God first. When we look at this passage, there are two things. The first three verses recognizes that there's one God. This first truth teaches us whom we ought to worship. And one of the things the Apostle Paul said, that I may know him. May it be our heart's desire If we're going to worship this wonderful God, if we're going to have a love relationship with this wonderful God, we ought to make it our desire, our heart's desire, to know Him. And the more we know Him, the more we will plug into who He is, the more we have a right understanding of who God is, then in turn, That will help us in our love relationship with him. And there will be a desire from our hearts to want to please him. So we recognize the one true God. This truth teaches us whom we are to worship. This truth forbids false gods. Then the second, verses 4 through 6 in Deuteronomy 20, is about worshiping. Only the Lord, this truth teaches us how we ought to worship. and this truth forbids false worship. There's a passage in the New Testament in First John chapter five, verse 21. These words, little children. Keep yourself from idols. Keep yourself from idols. An idol is anything that takes the place of this one true God. Now, all of us here, hopefully, Lord willing, have accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. Yet, for each and every one of us, we are like the children of Israel. They had a constant struggle with idols. Everywhere they went, they were facing idols. And everywhere you and I go, we face idols. Anything that demands our ultimate time and attention. Anything where we make sacrifices because we love it and serve it. You see, there's all kinds of idols. We live in North America, where I believe that the golden calf that we bow down to is the golden calf of materialism. There is also the whole aspect of entertainment. You can find all kinds of different things that can become the top priority in our life. One of the things I constantly have to battle as an idol is sports. I love sports. Uh, I'm just... Well, it's a part of my life. In fact, as my wife... loves her puppy. I love sports. And I enjoy uh, watching the Boston Celtics, the Boston Bruins, the New England Patriots, and, uh, oh, here's another team, Boston Red Sox. So you kind of guess where I'm at. And those things are important, but yet I have to be careful that that doesn't become an idol in my life. I watch people today constantly on their phones texting, on their phones talking. Other people, that whole realm of communication can be so important to us. Facebook, oh, what a wonderful thing. (laughs) And people get so, those things can rule our life. They can rule our life. Even something good, even such as family, the Lord taught that he needs to be first. And there's a word that you find in Exodus 20, is the word jealousy. Now, we often think of jealousy in a very, very negative way. But in a lot of regards, when you think of the word jealousy in, in Exodus chapter 20, how the Lord is jealous, it means he loves us that much. He loves us that much. And there's a, a real sense that idolatry, having these idols lead to adultery, our unfaithfulness to God, it robs us of our growing relationship with God. The God whom we are to worship, we do not have time to worship because we become preoccupied with all kinds of different things. Even as good as coming to the Bromsey Bible Institute is, and as good as it is to take in all the courses and all the things that you're learning, if that robs you of your personal time with the Lord, then you really need to evaluate things. I know it's very important that you pass these exams. But yet, and I went to Bible school for seven years. And I know how easy it is for your life to drift away from the Lord when you're at Bible school. Because you're taking in all kinds of information, but you're not having that time where God can cause a transformation in your life. It's a battle. And it's a battle for worship. The Bible says in Colossians 1, verse 18, that in all things, that in all things, he might have preeminence. Supremacy. That he would be the final rule, final authority, the one whom we long more than anything else to spend time with. And we see how God directed his people in Exodus 20. Now, who brought these things down to the people? Moses. And Moses was really, really concerned that the people understand this because, you see, the one thing that Moses had, he had an intimate close relationship with the Lord. In fact, when he spent time with the Lord up on the mountain, he would come down and the radiance of his, his life showed that he had been in the presence of God. And what he wanted more than anything else is for the people of Israel to experience the same God that he had experienced. Now, as a leader... How was this going to come about? Well, that takes us to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Would you turn there? Deuteronomy chapter 6. One of the things in the sixth chapter of Deuteronomy, we find Moses reviewing what God had done for Israel. He reviewed what God had done for Israel. Do you know a really important part of worship is stopping and reviewing what Jesus Christ has done for you? If you can become overwhelmed by the grace of God and by reviewing all that Jesus Christ has done for us, And as Moses reviewed all that God had done for Israel, it was to cause them to love the Lord more than anything else. Now in this passage, Moses, being a good leader, was also a good teacher. And he wanted to teach them this important truth of having the Lord first. How did he do it? Well, he starts off with what I call a a confession. A confession, in verse 4. We call it a confession of faith. This was repeated in verse 4, but it was something, as I studied this passage, it's something that the Israelite people were to repeat over and over and over and over. A confession of faith. What was that confession of faith? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Probably many times when they would come together, Moses would say, hear, O Israel, and they would repeat, the Lord our God is one Lord. Come together again. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. What was Moses doing? He was driving into the minds of the people of God number one command. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. There's only one Lord. One Lord. He is God alone. And we need To hear this confession of faith. But then, number two. There was a command. Look at verse five. In verse five, the command is, You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. The confession led to the command. And guess what verse Five had to deal with. Number two, command. You see, you won't have any wrong images if you're loving the Lord with all of your heart. To love God and worship Him is the highest privilege we can have. As John MacArthur wrote in his book on worship, it is the ultimate priority. The ultimate priority. And one of the things that will... When you see this, where he says... Moses says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Worship Him with all of your heart. The thing that motivates us is this. Who has loved us first? Think about this. Who has loved you with all of their heart and all of their soul and all of their strength? Who's loved you that way? God has. You see, this is a very, very close relationship where God loves us in all of God's creation. In everything that God made, we are the only thing in this universe that was created in the image of God. And God expresses to us how much he loves us. For God so loved the world. For God so loved, and put your name in there, that he loved you so much that he sent Christ to be that ultimate sacrifice so that you and I could join in to a relationship with him and love him. Why did he give us the Holy Spirit of God? The Bible tells us in Romans 5, verse 5, that the love of God, the love wherewith he loved us first, is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And as we go through this time together, may we understand this. It is impossible for you in your strength to love God. It has to be a working of the Holy Spirit where God's Spirit works with our spirit and we are able to connect with God by the power of the Holy Spirit. There is so much that we receive from information and we can get up from our chapel and we can say, I am going to, I am going to love God. And yet we are so taken in by so many other things because we are trying to do it outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, whatever God commands us to do, He also gives us the equipment to do it. And when He commands us to love Him, He gives us the power to love Him by the Holy Spirit of God. We have Him living inside of us. To think that this command can be reversed and that God loves us first i guarantee you can look all the way. You may have that friend that you found here and you think you've fallen in love. I'm not questioning your love here. Let me tell you something. There is no one, there is no one who has loved us like the Lord. And he longs, and in these mornings, I, I just desire that we would Connect. Connect. In our love relationship. On the last time that we have together, I'm going to preach on Romans 12 1 and 2. I've been dealing with this on Sunday evenings, but I want to look at it from the aspect of worship. But this command is something that comes from the heart of God. So we have the confession verse 4 we have the command in verse 5 but then finally we have a communication in verses 6 through 9 these words which i command you today shall be in your heart you shall teach them diligently to your children you shall talk of them when you sit in your house When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be a forefront between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. How was Moses saying this is to be taught? How was Israel to learn this? By teaching it. And teaching it is done in two ways. By teaching the information and then by living it. It's almost like a discipleship course. Mentor. Discipling the people to love God. It's like this. The Gospel of John. Does this light still go on when I'm done? No, I'm supposed to be done. No, I was waiting for the light to go on. No, I've gone over. Well, anyway, I'm going to keep going here just for a sec. In John, let me just give you this. The Gospel of John says this. Chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, as you love one another. By this will all know that you are my disciples. By what? By the love that we have towards one another. And one of the things that Moses wanted to teach was to love God, and then in turn, as the other six commandments would be, love one another. By this will people know you're my disciples. How are people going to know? As the Holy Spirit works in our life, as he works in our life, we will want to communicate the love of our life. If you love something first and foremost in your life, you can't help but talk about it. I was going to use the example. I don't have time, but let's go here. If you love someone with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might, You want to communicate that to others. And that can be a wonderful teaching process. A wonderful teaching process of sharing how important the Lord is. Guess what? Your roommate is going to know that if the Lord is the love of your life. That person you're dating is going to know that the Lord is the love of your life. Because it will be evident Because the Holy Spirit will be working in your life. Let's pray. Father, we pray, Lord, this morning, that in these days ahead, that you'll really work in our hearts and we will stop and ask ourselves this question, who is the number one love in my life? And may the Spirit draw us to Yourself. And may You have the preeminence within our hearts. May You have first place in Jesus' name.